Hey guys, all right, before we start the video, we have a quick announcement from one of our co-hosts, Tate, right here. Uh, yeah, hey guys, uh, for whoever doesn't follow us on Twitter, at Draft again, plug the Twitter. Um, I recently got a job at NBC Sports working for Olympic stuff. Very cool, very exciting, I'm very happy about it. Um, but that means I'm a little more busy than I have been the past few months. Uh, so I need to take a little step back from videos. Uh, I won't be in today's video. I will probably be in many upcoming videos. Uh, maybe during the Olympics, I won't be in any videos. Probably be pretty busy with that. Um, but yeah, I just want to let everybody know that I got a job. I'm going to be taking a little step back. I'm not gone forever like PJ was. Um, I'm <laughs> just, you know, me. I'm going to be here in the videos a little less uh but i'll still be consuming as much content as humanly possible in terms of the draft so uh yeah uh with that being said i guess we also have another announcement new co-host mm, what you will see so, uh, <laughs> coming yeah. up right now <laughs> and there he is our new co-host Donnie Clemens, who you'll remember from our past video when we ranked every uh, prospect from like 2016 on or something like that. Well, he's here now, and that video looks terrible now. Spencer Rattler was everyone's QB1, except for Donnie. Donnie had Malik Willis, which, you know, looks doesn't better. look great. Better. It looks better. It looks I mean, better. yeah, it's, it's better, yeah. I wouldn't <laughs> say it's good, but it's better. <laughs> for you guys on TikTok, you definitely know this guy. This guy's got like 20,000 followers on TikTok, and we're lucky enough that he's now a Boomer Bus co-host, newest co-host to the family, Donnie Clemens. Follow him on TikTok, at Pick and Spreads 2. Going to be with us for the, for the long haul now, which I am so excited about. And what better way to get him going than with a brand new mock draft? November is done. We're going through this mock, all 32 picks of the first round as the draft stands right now. So the draft order is based on the standings right now, which you can find on takeathon.com. Of course, if you to follow our Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at Boom or Bus Draft, please like the video and subscribe to the channel as well. We're already at 2,000 subscribers a lot. Thanks to Donnie shouting us out on TikTok. Please continue going. We're getting this going, man. 2022 NFL Draft is ramping up right now. We're so, so excited for that. Check out the merch store below as well. So let's start this off. And, of course, we're going to let our new co-host, Donnie, star us off the number one overall pick, PJ's Detroit Lions. Donnie, where are you going? So um, we don't really know who the number one player in the draft is at this point. It could be Kayvon Thibodeau or Aiden Hutchinson. I'm going to roll with the hot hand. Let's go with Aiden Hutchinson. I mean, he had an amazing game against Ohio State. It was maybe the greatest edge game I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, like three or four sacks, 15 pressures. I mean, this guy is basically a boasted twin. I love watching Aiden Hutchinson. He's amazing. So, um... I, I think there's a small chance he could go number one. He's definitely the hot hand right now, but if I'm the Lions, I'm taking Hutchinson number one. All right, so that leaves the Texans at number two, who've been kind of up here for a while looking at who they're going to take. Um, picking between uh, Kayvon, Kyle Hamilton, and Matt Corral, um, ultimately my defensive prospect I still have cave on over Kyle Hamilton at this point in the draft. And I just, I don't, you know, after looking at this year, I just think it's becoming more and more of a thing that you shouldn't take a quarterback if you just don't have anything else around him. You know, I, I just think you're going to be stuck ruining the guy and it's, it's his confidence. So I just, we're going to take cave on here. Uh, the Texans are probably going to be bad again next year. They get that quarterback there, but cave on has not shown anything that should move him down the board anytime recently. The, the athleticism's there. It's projectable. He's, 
he's producing at a college level at a high level and then it should should he should be a top three pick in this draft i would expect coming up rounding out the top three is the jaguars now of course i want to get trevor lawrence some help on that offense not going with evan neal though i think he's being a little bit overrated in this process not really having the best year so far I'm going to go with a guy that Nick mentioned, and I think there's a pretty clear top four in this draft, and they're all defensive players. I'm going to go with one of those guys, Kyle Hamilton, the safety from Notre Dame. Suffered an injury, probably not going to see him for the rest of the season, but he's a special, special safety prospect, and he'll transform that Jaguars defense. So Kyle Hamilton, number three to the Jaguars. All right, so the Jets are up their next two picks. I got four and five picking for PJ's team. Uh, that last defensive player that PJ or Max mentioned, there's four defensive guys that are coming at the top, is Derek Stingley Jr., who, um, you know, his freshman year was his best season. Uh, but, you know, when you do that three years ago and you continue to produce at maybe not an elite level, but still a good level in college, I expect, especially in an LSU defense that hasn't really been as good as it was since that championship year, I would expect that he should be able to Still be a high pick in this draft. Everything that he shows in terms of traits, in terms of uh, position flexibility, playing zone in some man, uh, he should be able to project well in the NFL. The Jets need corners, and I think they would like a guy who has that versatility. Uh, so then we go again with the fifth pick. I think takes Eric Stingley. Um, and I think uh, for a while here, we've been going with Evan Neal as kind of the top offensive player that's non-QB. Um, uh, for me now, that's going to be Garrett Wilson. We're going to go wide receiver here. Uh, I think Garrett Wilson has done enough in the past couple of weeks that he's shown that he should be a locked-in wide receiver one of the draft. I think he can play a lot of slot. I think he plays on the outside. Um, his body type is similar to Elijah Moore, but I think he's a slightly different player in that I think his route tree is a little more expanded than Moore's, and I think he's got more physicality in terms of possession catchability that will show up at the NFL level. I think those two would give the Jets a very solid receiving core for Zach Wilson um, going forwards. So I got the Giants at six, and I agree with Max. I think Evan Neal is being ex- not really extremely overrated, but a little bit overrated. He's been having kind of a weird year this year. But he's going to destroy the combine, and I still think he'll be one of the top picks in this draft. So I'm going to go Evan Neal for the Giants. Uh, shout out to all my uh, Giants fans who uh, scream at me all the time saying Evan Neal is going to fall to him, which I don't think will happen. But here you go. Congratulations. You got Evan Neal. Uh, yeah, Saquon, be happy. <laughs> Again, Johnny. Uh, back to yeah, back, then. Back to back. Yeah. I, this draft is weird, guys. Let's just he's he's, right he's replacing Tate so well, he's forgetting he has to pick again. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Tate gave me t- tests before I hopped in here. <laughs> um, so, Giants, um, I thought about Winderbaum here. I really did because, I mean, maybe Gabe Dettelman. Yeah, Gabe. I can't say his name. Jeez. Dave Gettleman. Dave, Dave Gettleman. <laughs> English is hard, guys. I'm sorry. It is. It's no, tough. but. Uh, I'm going to give him George Kaloftis, edge out of Purdue. I love this guy. He's so strong. I mean, he bullies, tackles, yep. wherever he goes. Um, obviously, the Giants need to address that offensive line. I think Evan Neal is good enough. Um, Aziz Ojolari is great. Don't get me wrong. Wendell Williams is nice. But you need another edge rusher. And I think George Kaloftis can be that one guy who's just day one might be your best uh, pass rusher on that entire team. I love that. That's exactly what I was looking at for the Eagles here. So, yeah, the Jets at four and five, Giants at six and seven, Eagles at eight and nine. Uh, I'm going with the guy who everyone is having either completely out of first round or late first round. I still love this guy as like a top 10 pick, and I'm pretty sure you guys like him in that range too. Nick Benito, man, edge from Oklahoma. I understand the size concerns. I understand he's not a superstar athlete, but this guy just wins. 
He just he's a guy who just goes out there and every single pass rushing rep, he's probably winning that rep and getting towards the quarterback. And that's so valuable. I understand it's the Big 12, too. It's on the SEC. But this is a guy, you know, Donnie mentioned Aziz Zolari before we started recording. I think it's a pretty good comparison. Like, that's just the same kind of guy. It's not overly athletic, not that big, but he wins. And Aziz Zolari is having success in the NFL. I think Nick Benito is going to be the same way. And I think a lot of teams are going to be kicking themselves for not having Nick Benito towards the top of what is a loaded edge class. So Nick Benito to the Eagles at eight. Eagles at nine again. Eagles fans are going to hate me. Probably for these two picks because Nick Benito like that is way too high. Uh, I'm going Matt Corral here, and I understand Jalen Hurst has been better, but there is no harm in taking a quarterback and saying whoever wins wins, whoever wins wins. And if Jalen Hurts, you know, ends up winning this battle, great. Trade Matt Corral, get some picks out of him. I'm sure you can get at least one first round pick out of him. Jalen Hurts, if Jalen Hurts loses that battle, you can get probably way more than Sam Darnold got, which is already a lot. I think this is a lot of value in saying, hey, we, we're not sure right now. Jalen Hurts got a lot better, but we're still not sure. Let's take another guy, the number one quarterback in this draft, and let's just see, and let's let it play out. So I'm taking Matt Corral, who I believe is the top quarterback in this draft to the Eagles. So that leaves me at 10 with Carolina. Um, would have liked Matt Corral here, but he's not available. Uh, so we're going to go with Ika McQuanu, uh, Nikki who has just been crushing it lately. Uh, I think the discussion for tackle one is, is getting closer and closer between him and Evan Neal. That was a, a nice job by Max a couple more than a couple weeks ago. Uh, but he has just been so dominant in the run game for NC State. And Taylor Moton has done well for the Panthers, rotating back and forth from left to right, tackling back and forth. Uh, but they just they really have nothing outside of him there that's that's sustainable. So they just I wouldn't be surprised if Carolina, much like how the Giants might in this draft, just go with multiple Offensive lineman picks here to start out. Yeah, um, good pick. I love Akima Kornu. Um, Falcons at 11. They need defense so bad. I think we all know this, but, I mean, they took Kyle Pitts last year. Why not take another offensive player? Uh, Tyler Winderbaum, best center prospect Ooh. ever. Uh, I mean, why not? So, um, Winderbaum is great. Back-to-back years in college, 2020-2021, the best center in the country by about – 40 million miles. I mean, Linda Baum is absolutely amazing. And I think their offensive line is decent. I think Atlanta's offensive line is okay. But a lot of it is aging outside of Jalen Mayfield. And it's not like Jalen Mayfield is really that that good. So um, let's get Tyler Linda Baum on that offensive line. I love that pick. Tyler Linda Baum falling to 11. Might be a top yeah. 10 pick right now. It's a good, it's good value. Uh, 12, Vikings. David Ajabo. I'm going here. Second Michigan edge in the top 15. The other Michigan edge, uh, just like Aiden Hutchinson, he's a freak athlete. And he really exploded on the scene. Like This is a guy who barely played at all, has barely played football. I believe he started playing football in like late high school. And he's exploded. And this is a guy who's, who's just learning the game, and he's still putting up insane stats. I think the Vikings can really, really use that in that defense. So David Ajabo, I'm taking here to the Vikings at 12. Leads me to 13, the New Orleans Saints. Um Look, watch this guy in person last week. I'm going to take uh, or this Saturday. Uh, Kenny Pickett, quarterback of Pittsburgh, um, I think has risen up to me, I think right now is my QB2 in this draft. Um, I think this is a little bit of a reach at 13, but I think New Orleans is in a spot where they need to take positions of value. I don't know that they should be betting on Jameis to be their future right now. I think they need to figure something else at quarterback, something, something out at quarterback. And I think Sean Payton would work well in his spread offense with Kenny Pickett. 
I was very impressed yesterday. They started out a lot of uh, drop zones for Syracuse, running cover three, a little cover six out of that cover one uh, look with single high, uh, showing some roll looks, making it tough for Kenny Pickett early on. He struggled a little bit. Um, and by the time this, the middle of the second corner rolled around, he started figuring it out. He started dissecting that defense and really uh, ended up playing a very good game, um, which was it just it looked professional to me. I think he's very pro ready. I don't know that he's going to blow the doors off of you once he gets in the league, but I think he could be similar to what Mac Jones has been for New England once he enters this, this league, especially for a team like New Orleans that has established good players on their roster already. So third and final Eagles first round pick from the Colts. Uh, this is a guy who, uh, look, I, I'm sure I made Eagles fans not happy with me for the first two picks. This one I hope they'll like. N'Kobe Dean, linebacker from Georgia, who for my money has probably been the second best defensive player in college football this year behind Aiden Hutchinson. He's awesome, man. He's an incredible blitzer. Um, he's played a lot better in coverage, too. All of a sudden, this guy is a really good coverage player. He flies around the field. I love Nicobe Dean. I think he's very easily linebacker one in this draft, and the Eagles desperately need help at linebacker. So third first-round pick, getting Nicobe Dean. I think this is a pretty solid draft for the Eagles so far. Yeah, that's a great pick. I love that pick. Uh, Browns could use linebacker, but Nicobe Dean is gone. So uh, I'm going to go wide receiver, the second best wide receiver in the class. No, not Chris Olave. Drake London, the wide receiver out of USC, Listen, man, this guy was on pace to break Devontae Smith's record and Jamar Chase's record with Keaton Slovis at quarterback. So uh, <laughs> I would say that's pretty impressive. I understand it's in the Pac-12, but, I mean, this guy just catches everything. His catch rate is ridiculous. He may not be able to create that much separation, but just throw him the ball and he's going to catch it. And you, you really need that Odell Beckham Jr. replacement. I love Jarvis Landry. I love Donovan Peoples-Jones. But none of them are true number ones, uh, at least Jarvis Landry is anymore. You get Drake London, and I think you got to be happy as a Browns fan. I mean, Drake London was, for my money, before his injury, maybe this maybe a hot take. He may have been the best player in all college football before his injury. Like, Drake London was absolutely phenomenal for USC. And the fact that you're getting him here at 15, I know he got hurt. I'm not that concerned about it. Yeah, I like that. I think it fits the Browns really well, too. 16 Steelers. I really thought about a quarterback, specifically Sam Howell here. However, they also desperately need help at corner. So I'm going to go with a guy who I've hired on my board, Trent McDuffie, the corner from Washington. He's a guy who plays a lot of zone, really, really good in zone. He's a very physical player, too. Can also play a little bit of man, too. Um, I like Trent McDuffie. He's such a smooth player. He's been such a solid player for Washington. Very, very good player for three years now in that Washington defense. So I like Trent McDuffie's fit in Pittsburgh as this physical corner that they really like, and I think will fit really well in the Steel City. Moving on to Denver here. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just doing this thing that I've done all year long, which is just take all the quarterbacks. But Sam Howell's still on the board, and I think similarly to Kenny Pickett, uh, can have that Mac Jones-type impact. I think there's a little more question marks with him in that he has struggled at times when the, when the roster around him in college wasn't excellent. Um, so he might need that around him in the NFL, but Denver has the receiving core. They have the offensive line to support him. Um, tight end as well. Tim Noah Fant's been good. He's an athletic player. Um, and then I think there's a little bit more of a higher ceiling with him just because we've seen some of that downfield throwing ability. We now see a little bit of rushing ability. Denver obviously looking for answers to quarterback this offseason. Sam Howell, I think they would love to get at any point in this draft. So I got the Raiders at 18, and we don't know what they're going to do. I mean, I don't know. For all, for all we know, they could take 
uh, Kenneth Walker, or maybe they decide that Brees Hall is RB1, or maybe they decide <laughs> to take, maybe, I, I don't know, Jordan Davis, I really don't know. Like, they could take anybody, and I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I'm just going to take DeMarvin Leal. Yes, he hasn't had the season that we all kind of expected and I do now agree that he's a much better defensive tackle than he is an edge rusher but knowing them they may put him out at edge permanently like nobody really knows what the Raiders anymore <laughs> but yeah, yeah probably put him at safety and maybe he'll look back there but um <laughs> no I think DeMarvin Leal is still worth the top 20 pick um he may not be having a great year at AM, but great pass rusher um I, I I don't know, man. It's the Raiders. What do you want me to say? I really don't know. I don't know what they're gonna do. Like, like I said, they could take anybody, and I wouldn't be shocked. I guess that leaves me with Wash. The the um, you know, I forgot we're up next because apparently Washington would be in the playoffs if the season ended. I don't know who let that happen, but whatever. Um, yeah, we're picking nineteenth again. Fun, fun. It's two years in a row. Um, with a losing record. Uh, there's no quarterbacks here, so, you know, I don't know what we need. Probably, I don't want to take another linebacker. That seems like a bad idea. I actually think D-line sneakily is something they probably need to address. Uh, I don't know that they would draft in the receiver this early. Uh, maybe offensive line, but I'm going to settle on secondary, which I think is improved, so I'm not going to try and mess with the corner makeup right now. We're going to go safety. Jaquan Brisker, to me, has been one of the guys, to me, who has just moved the most up my draft board this year. He's just been a stud. I think he's shown a little bit of everything. I think I had some coverage instinct issues with him early on this year, and it's it's just gotten way better. He's a guy I feel very comfortable can have um, an Antoine Winfield Jr. type impact uh, to whatever team he goes to. And I think he could play anywhere on the field. And I think I think he's a stud. I think he's a playmaker. Um, I think he's what, uh, at least he projects to be what Jamal Adams, what the Seahawks were hoping he would be. Um, in that he can do a little, you just do a little bit of everything. And I think Washington is at this point with their defense where, as it's all gelling, adding anybody who can make plays is, is excellent. And, you know, they obviously need more safeties. Him and Cam Curl will be a great duo. So I'm up here with the Chargers. I thought about a receiver here because I know Mike Williams is a pending free agent, but I'm going to go with what I think they need a little bit more right now, and that is another pass rusher opposite of Joey Bosa. So I'm going with Kingsley Nagbari, who has had an excellent season. Now, I know he's not this freak, freak athlete, but, man, a lot like Nick Benito, like this guy is just winning, and even more so, he's winning in the SEC, and he's been one of the best pass rushers in the country this season. Um, I think he's going to come in day one, have a big impact in the NFL, and I think Joey Bosa desperately needs someone to – maybe draw away some double teams. I know they need help on the interior defensive line too, but I think Kingsley Nagbari can be that, you know, Melvin Ingram replacement that they desperately need in that defense. Um, I have the Dolphins at 21 and they're currently jumping up and down because Charles Cross fell them at uh, 21. So congratulations, Miami. Please don't mess it up again. Please take Charles Cross. He passed on Peninsula, which was the biggest mistake almost anybody did in the entire draft. I don't care that Jalen Waddle's been good. You should have taken Sewell or Slater. Uh, Charles Cross, man, probably been, the, probably been, for my money, the second best offensive tackle in college football this year behind Akeem Aquanu. I mean, he's allowing about maybe 11 to 12 pressures. I don't know the exact stat. I know it's somewhere around there. Um, improved a ton from last year. Uh, obviously, we all had some questions about him, but this year he's answered all of them. I think Charles Cross has been unbelievable this year in Mississippi State. And if I'm the Dolphins and he falls to you at 21, you take him and you don't really look back. 
The Bills' defense has been excellent this year, but as we have learned after it wasn't as good last year, you kind of have to keep up with your defensive talent. It, this league, just the variance on that side of the ball is crazy, and uh, they have been kind of teetering on this cornerback trio of Levi Wallace and Teron Johnson, and Tredavis White's great. He tore his ACL this year, so that's going to be interesting to see what happens with him because corners are one of those positions where I think that that injury is most impactful. So, I, you know, I think they really need to continue to add there. And Kyer Elam has had some rough games this year, but I think we've seen enough in previous seasons for me to believe that he can be a very, very impactful player at the next level, especially as a press man corner. Uh, they come from this kind of Ron Rivera Panthers secondary system where the Bills run a little bit of everything, a lot of, of everything, um, including press man and some zone coverages. He would have to learn how to play some zone, but he would be able to get that press man in for the Bills that they – uh, probably need some of uh, Davis White's done a little bit of it for them, but uh, they don't really have a clear uh, press man. They haven't had one since Stephon Gilmore, really. That's such a good pick for Buffalo. Keanu Long at 22. I love that so much. Um, I have the Lions at 23. And as somebody who said Malik Willis was QB1 before the season started, which I don't want to say it aged well, but it aged a lot better than what some other people said. Um, <laughs> I Plus, want. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, it, there was a lot of people, and uh, I got a lot of hate on uh, TikTok, but we don't have to talk about that. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and take Chris Olave. I think this team is just so bad that you just can't really focus on quarterback right now. Focus on quarterback next year, but the class is going to be so much better than this year. Uh, take a wide receiver who, I'm going to be honest, I don't really necessarily love, but he's still a first-round pick. He's one, of the, he's one of the best, if not the best, separator in this class. Sure, I have questions about contested catching, which is a legit thin i mean i was cool with Devonte smith because at least he could know he knew how to contest a catch at some type of level where chris olave i've seen him do it like once my entire life so even though i have questions about olave he's still a first round pick he's still easily maybe a top 20 pick so if you're the lions i think you have to take a wide receiver then focus on quarterback next year uh 24 here the Bengals. so i i i love this fit for cincinnati um and maybe he's not higher than another corner is about to go in this draft, too, for me. But Sauce Gardner from Cincinnati has been, first of all, dominant. That's such a good fit. Yeah, dominant. He's been dominant in man coverage his whole career, dominant overall in his career. I don't think he's ever allowed a touchdown. I believe PFF tweeted that out. Never allowed a touchdown in his entire career. Um, and plus, he's from Cincinnati. And I know Cincinnati fans desperately want a corner in this draft. And what better than the guy who's like literally leading that defense to possibly a playoff berth right now is a hometown hero, Ahmad Sauce Garner, man. I, I love that. Stay in Cincinnati. I think Bengals fans welcome with open arms and man, that Jersey would fly off the shelves. So sauce Gardner, maybe not my next best corner, but I feel like for the Bengals, this is a home run pick. Up with Dallas, who I just get every time. I'm so, I'm, I, it's okay. Cowboys fans. I'm not giving you Jordan battle for like the fourth straight mock draft. Um, we're going to, Talk a little bit about Dak Prescott, who's been excellent. Don't worry, I'm not taking a quarterback. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> he, he's been great. I just think it's very clear to me at this point that he is a little bit reliant on all of the stud playmakers that he's had around him in his career. We see some of the injuries they've had lately, and 
I don't know that Dak's been terrible, but there's clearly been a decrease in his plays past few weeks without CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper in the lineup. And now that Michael Michael Gallup's going to be gone, I really think they need to go and look for a third weapon there, um, and I, especially on a rookie deal. Traylon Burks, Arkansas guy, Jerry's going to love him. Uh, gives you a little more versatility in that offense because we've been talking about how Traylon Burks is just a weird weapon that gives you the ability to you know hand him off the ball. It has some possession ability, has some yak ability. Um between CD and Amari, which is already a two-headed monster that I don't think teams want to go up against. Now you got to deal with a guy that I, I don't even know how NFL teams get to see how this guy plays and how to defend him. Uh, I think it could give the, the Cowboys offense a look that is just is terrifying. So uh, three wide receivers, very important for their spread offense. And, I, and I, I think they'd be smart to continue to fill in that gap. Um, so I got the Kansas City Chiefs at 26. I'm so happy that they're picking higher or lower now, by the way, because it was it was weird seeing them pick like 12, 14, 15. <laughs> it was the weirdest thing yeah. ever. But um, I'm going to go and take the guy who has maybe been the best defensive back in all college football this year, uh, Roger McCrary out of Auburn. Mm. I loved him last year when I was watching him, and this year he's just exploded out of nowhere. And every single year of his career has been very good in the SEC, which matters. If you're very good, I don't think, minus this year, if we're not including this year, every year he's been good, which is important because you're playing in arguably, not arguably, it is the best conference in college football. And this year he has been the best cornerback in college football in the SEC. And the fact that he's here at 26, if I'm the Chiefs, I know that Andrew probably wants to go wide receiver. Uh, maybe Jamison Williams because he loves those gadgety, speedy guys. But if I'm the Chiefs, you got to go Roger McCray if you fall asleep. Like, you don't have a choice at that point. Speaking of Jamison Williams, I got the Titans here at 27. And I know Tennessee Titans, you, you want so many other things, namely probably some help on that defense. Let's get Jamison Williams in there because as you have seen so far, if A.J. Brown goes down and or if Julio Jones go down, goes down or if both of them go down, you saw this past week, it can get really bad. And I think you need a third option in that Kansas, in that Tennessee offense. Jameson Williams is that speedster who I think that Tennessee kind of needs right now, whereas Adrian Brown is not really that speedy receiver. He's more of that possession receiver is going to win. Uh, Julio Jones has always been a speedy receiver, kind of lost a step as he's getting older. Jameson Williams, I think, is a really good number three and can eventually take over as a number two once Julio retires. Um, I, I love Jameson Williams. I think he's really coming on this year. Uh, becoming one of the top receivers in this draft. And I think this is good value for the Titans here at 27. So maybe not the biggest need for the Titans, but I think it's really good value here at 27th overall. 28 Tampa Bay. Um, I think I was wrong, actually. I did not mock Dallas Jordan Battle four straight times because I gave to Jordan Battle Tampa last time. Um, and they're going to get him again because I think that's the one <laughs> hole you could possibly poke out in that defense is that Jordan White, Whitehead is not going to be there and or could be upgraded upon. Um, and I think Jordan Battle and Antoine Winfield Jr. would be a ridiculously good safety duo for a team that is ridiculous good, ridiculously good at every other positional unit. So, uh, you know, I, whatever, just good player. Battle does a little bit of everything. You could play Winfield and him, both the free and strong spots in the slot, both of them. Uh, coverage, downhill, playing against the run. I don't know, Tampa stack. <laughs> Um, yeah, I like that pick a lot. Uh, Jordan Battle, I'm, I'm going to go off topic real quick just for a quick second. Uh, Jordan Battle is one of my draft crushes. If you follow me on TikTok, you know this. I'm in love with Jordan Battle. I think he's safety two in the draft. Um, I, I mean, when I watch him and um, what's his name? Jaquan Brisker, brain fart, my bad. Uh, when I watch <laughs> him play, I see I see a lot of similar things, but I think that Jordan Battle is just a bit better of a ball hawking safety, which I think can matter every now and then. 
But yeah, I also just have a massive crush on Jordan Battle, but we'll talk about that later. Um, Patriots at 29. Um, they need wide receiver. Um, yeah, Nikhil Harry's not very good. So let's go with Jahan Dotson out of Penn State. Um, shout out to Scott Nance on TikTok. I was just talking about him maybe a couple days ago. We both really like Jahan Dotson, but just some size questions. I don't really know if he can play outside in the NFL, but even if he can't, throw him in the slot. He's an immediate plug-and-play guy. Um, I love Jahan Dotson. I love his speed, great body control, great like catch radius. I mean, his catch radius for his size is absurd. So... I think the Patriots got to go wide receiver because the wide receiver court just, it sucks. It's not. <laughs> Patriots getting wide receiver one at 29. Wow. Great, great value there for the Patriots. Okay. <laughs> um, I got the Packers here at 30. Uh, they, as we saw this past, I don't want to just, you know, make picks based on what we saw this past week. I did have the Titans, Jameson Williams, but um, I, the Packers are doing it again, man, because that offensive line was beat up. Um, and you saw, you know, Aaron Donald just have his way with them. And, Aaron Rodgers did a really good job getting the ball, getting rid of the ball quickly. But Kenyon Green is just a guy who you could just plug and play everywhere. And this is a Packers line that gets beat up all the time. David Bakhtiari um, got hurt, obviously. Elton Jenkins got hurt. Kenyon Green is just a guy you can put him at tackle, you can put him at guard, any tackle spot, any guard spot. Texas A&M has literally done that his entire career, which I think has really hurt his development just because he has no idea where he's playing every week. Um, so I think this is a guy who's kind of been hurt by his college. But I still think he can carve out a role in the NFL just because of how athletic he is and how he's shown that upside in the SEC at left tackle, right tackle, left guard, right guard. Like this guy could play four spots in the offensive line, could probably play center too. I think the Packers need that kind of utility offensive lineman in that uh, in that scheme. And similar concept here with Baltimore. Uh, they've had a ton of injuries in their own line. They don't have enough depth. I don't even think their starters are good enough. Uh, but on a team that is completely built around their offensive line and how much they run the ball, they just need to invest in those positions. Uh, Darian Kinner, to me, a guy who's been productive at the college level in the SEC, has massive, just huge tackle. Um, he can play guard as well. I don't care what he plays for the Ravens. Just get some more O-line there. Ever since Marshall Yonder retired, they've had issues um, with trying to figure out what type of tackle Alejandro Villanueva is and realizing he's just kind of a pass protector. And then Ronnie Stanley can't stay healthy. Just, just get more bodies. You got it. You got it. Uh, so 32, my favorite team, uh, the Arizona Cardinals. Um, even though we have the best record in the NFL, there is a shocking amount of holes on this team. Uh, I think they can go offensive line. I think cornerbacks in play. I think edges in play. I mean, both their top edge rushers are a thousand years old, so I wouldn't be <laughs> shocked if they go edge rusher. But I'm going to go with the best available player on my big board, and that's Andrew Booth Jr., uh, may not be the best day one starting guy for the Cardinals, and I think that's fine. I think you can sit him back and develop him, and that's what the Cardinals have been doing in past like years. And it worked out well for Buda Baker, even though he's a safety. They kind of sat him out, they put him on special teams, and then look at him now. He's a freaking all pro. So um, I think you take Andrew Booth. Um, just best player on my board. I wouldn't be mad if they maybe went with like Drake uh, Jackson, or maybe they go with Zach Harrison, or possibly something like that. But yeah, I'd, I'd be cool with Andrew Booth, and I think that's what they go with. Yeah, a lot of people like Andrew Booth. I think that's a pretty good value. So there it is, our first round mock after the month of November. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at Boomer Bus Draft. Make sure you follow Donnie, too, at Pick and Spreads on TikTok. Join the Boomer Bus family. We're so excited to have him. Hit the merch store below, um, and we'll see you guys soon. So for Nick Miriam and Donnie Clemens, I'm Max Chadwick. Have a great night.